crisp morning. I mentioned to Beth this morning that I'm losing my enthusiasm for February being a nice month. I have it in my mind that the January's kind of through and we're over the hump, but looks like we'll take what we get. And it's a blessing to gather, as Shane has already mentioned, around this word. It's a steady and a constant in our lives. I'll read the uh, part of the last chapter in the book of Acts. 28th chapter, and I'll read from about the 17th verse on. I'll read these words in Jesus' name. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together, and when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, would have let me go, because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was constrained to appeal to Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse any nation of. For this cause, therefore, I have called for you to see you and to speak to you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came shoot or spake any harm of thee, but we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. For as concerning this sect we know that everywhere it is spoken uh, spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they, when they agreed not amongst themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known, therefore, unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be multiplied to each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. I guess those of you that hear me regularly know that I talk a lot about Paul. He's, he's one of my heroes. And not for his physical presence or 
or that, but but his his whole his whole example of of how it was that he lived his former life with such zeal and ambition and and then was stricken with this word of God and come to that understanding that all that he had was to no avail and and it, it's it's so clear and so refreshing what I say that that story of his conversion we don't have to wonder if he if he came in by osmosis like some people think you can you just kind of slide into into a believing state from an unbelieving state with no repentance no remorse no real change in your life but we see we see the the uh, in in his example we see the the very real and very clear uh, conversion that takes place and we see him going from standing there at, at Stephen's stoning to to and and as I, as I've said he he was that high up in that Pharisee hierarchy that he didn't have to do the dirty work we might say and he stood there and and gave his okay to it and his blessings to what was going on and then we see him a short time later stricken by that powerful light I believe it's a picture of the light of this word a picture of the light of our Lord and Savior and he has a true conversion and it says there then that he immediately went and preached Jesus Christ so here in a sense we come to uh, close to the end of his life and I won't go through all the details and I don't know them but he ends up going to Jerusalem and, and being put on trial and then he appeals to because he was a Roman citizen in a natural sense he appeals to to uh, be tried by Caesar or or Roman officials and he has to travel from Jerusalem to to Rome and and he has has his experiences there too and comes across all kinds of trials and temptations we might say and and it's it's so good when he just a couple of chapters before he's 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 still in still in Jerusalem but he I believe here but he's he's uh, standing before Agrippa and and Festus and different ones and and giving his testimony he says and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers a little later on he says talks about his his experience he 
said, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul says then of it, that's, that's what he was, this was delivered unto him, this message. And then he says of himself, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. He's not bragging that he was able to do the right thing. He's thankful that he was able to do the right thing. He was, he was given strength. If, if we want to get technical, we might say at that point he wasn't even a saved man yet. He wasn't in a saved condition. But God starts to bless when, when we start to turn toward him. And that's where he was at that point. He says, I was not disobedient. Many have been called and many have been disobedient. But we can see the blessings that came. And then he, he speaks. He, he, was, he said he was glad that he was able to give this, this message or this, this testimony of his, of his conversion to these people. He says, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but shewed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did, did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the, unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, these things are not, not uh, understood by someone that is, is not seeking or, or ha having the gift of the Holy Spirit or any spiritual understanding. So Festus says to him, you, you've gone mad. You've lost your mind. I, I believe that's what he's meaning here. As he, as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning has made thee mad. Well, we know that Paul had more learning than probably most men on earth at the time sitting at the feet of, of that, that teacher of the law, Gamaliel. And I, and I, don't, I don't show disrespect for, for Gamaliel, but, but uh, that was most of the learning Paul had had in a, in a we might say, a physical sense. But, but he, learned, he learned some things on the way to Damascus and through his conversion that, that didn't come from another man. That, that didn't seem to intimidate him like it might intimidate me, but he says, he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness, for the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I, freely, I speak freely. 
for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. There seems to be a, a an understanding of his testimony there where Agrippa was almost ready to receive the message of salvation. But it doesn't it doesn't say that he went any further than that. Paul encouraged him that that uh, let it be not and it's not word for word but let it be not almost but that we would all receive this anyways that's that's things that are happening before he went to Rome and this text I read is is Wiley or after he got there it came to pass that after three days Paul called the Jew, chief of the Jews together and when they were come together he said unto them men and brethren though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers yet I was delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans who when they had examined me would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me we, I, don't, I don't know I can't find it but back there a ways it says that when he, when he wished to appeal to Caesar they, they were surprised that he was a Roman citizen. They must not have looked into his, into his past or knew where he came from or what he was. But, but that's how he ended up getting to Rome. And it's interesting here, I guess I have these thoughts, how, how he was shipwrecked just before he got there. And they, they ended up on this island of Melita. And it says, The barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they built a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. I'm just throwing this in. It's, it's interesting to me because he, he'd run across these people and, and all his missionary journeys, he had so many experiences. So this snake comes out of this bundle of sticks and grabs him by the hand he had thrown this this uh, bundle of sticks onto the fire it was cold and raining and I guess and, and these people were treating him good they had they built a fire and and he was adding some, some fuel to the fire and, and it says he shook the beast into the fire and, and felt no harm so these people are we might say kind of heathen people not not believing people and when they see this, they write right away. This this is typical of human nature and typical of 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 these other ways people are are worshiping. Right away, when they <coughs> when they uh, see this snake coming out of these bundle of sticks he had thrown on the fire and and, and took hold of his hand, they, they immediately made some kind of a judgment well this must not be a man of God or, or how did they put it um, when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand they said among themselves <coughs> excuse me they said among themselves no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea because they had been shipwrecked and they ended up their lives probably at, at pretty much 
danger there for some time and they got onto this island. They made it. And they they says, well, he's he must be a murderer because even though he escaped the one thing, another thing is going to get him. This venomous poisonous snake is going to get him. And it says, though he escaped, hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. It's he, he might have escaped one thing, but he, he won't get through this one. And then it says, Howbeit they looked when he... Oh, he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit how when they looked... Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead <coughs> suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, they saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds. First, first they have him judged as a murderer. And when no harm came to him, they have him judged that he's a... <coughs> excuse me, I'm having trouble this morning. Frog in my throat. They had him judged that he was a god. I, I uh, Some years ago, I was reading everything I could get my hands on about Captain Cook, and he was that famous British explorer who discovered lots of the South Sea Islands and spent years and years doing this and he ended up he ended up in what we now know to be the Hawaiian Islands and spent some time there and those natives I don't know if how it was in their lore and their traditions and their stories but they somehow knew that there was supposed to be some kind of a messiah or savior coming and they decided, well, maybe this Captain Cook is uh, is this man that was to come. And and we see the same kind of things as we see here. That first of all, they they took him to be some kind of a a god or a great individual. And and then sometime later, I don't know if it was a year or so later, he had been exploring in the northern Pacific, right up into the Bering Strait, I think it was. And, and came back and his ships were in terrible shape and he he uh, made it to those sandwich islands I think they were called at the time it's, it's Hawaii and started repairing his ships and, and he was there so long that he started using up the the food supply these natives had and so so he went from almost like this from being a, only the other way he went from from being a uh, exalted and, and looked up to man to to they actually took his life then he, they, they figured he was not a, not good but he was bad and, and they had a battle and that's where Captain Cook lost his life and and so you see the nature of man without the living God the, he has his gods and he has his ideas and so Paul experienced all these things Paul is in Rome here and going on and on I guess but the Romans trying him didn't find that much wrong with him and the interesting thing is that that it was his faith that was the problem and this newfound sect that people were all talking about and how bad it was and how wrong it was it was in a sense laying waste to 
some of the old Pharisee ways and it wasn't received that well. When the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse any nation of. For this cause, therefore, I have called for you to see you and to speak to you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. Remember, Paul was one that said, said like Moses, that he would, he would be willing to give his life if it would bring Israel to the living God. I can't say I have that in my heart. Maybe I don't have that much love for others. I don't know. and it, it's, it's, I'm ashamed of that. But here I read that before. He says, Now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. That's why he was, you might say, taken to court. So he's in Rome and this seems to be the thing they're zeroing in, zeroing in again on because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain and they said unto him we neither received letters of, out of Judea concerning thee neither any of the brethren that came shewed or spake any harm of thee but we desire to hear of thee what thou what thou thinkest for as concerning this sect we know that everywhere it is spoken against it was, it was the Jews that were scattered all over the country that were having trouble with this. So they, they appointed a day, it says, they got together with him. It says when they had appointed a day, there came many to him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God. I think we heard last Sunday that some of the some of the things that we can liken under the kingdom of God. Jesus speaks these ways so that we can understand. We can understand with natural things that we are familiar with and, and make a living with, our, our work and our relationships and, and that with people. And he uses these things to show us of heavenly things that are in the word and deep deep things that are in the word it says he expounded and testified the kingdom of God persuading them concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening remember the two two disciples after after Jesus had ridden, risen it says that Jesus opened unto them the scriptures. He has to do that. He has to do that for each one of us. And, and, and it's not a burden to him. He wishes and he has every, des every desire that, that we would hear and listen to those, those things that he would open unto us. And it says, it says when Jesus walked with those two men that he, he went back to to Moses and maybe before that even and, and brought out these scriptures about himself all these things many many things probably and and the two men it's it's such 
it's such good English and I, I, I appreciate literature like that when it says that they thought of those things later after he vanished out of their sight uh, and they said did not our hearts burn within us when he walked with us and, and opened unto us these things that flame of faith was being kindled once more that they had they had kind of lost and lost hope when when Jesus comes we might say just starts just appears with them and starts walking with them and he asks them why they're so sad they had lost faith they had lost hope well where have you been everybody knows what's happened sort of thing and they say about these things that have taken place and Jesus says what things we might say he was kind of kind of playing with the situation and I don't say that disrespectfully but he's trying to make them think and understand So we might say their faith had gone down to just about going out because they, they were so dejected at what had happened at what had happened. Jesus blows on on their little bit of faith they had and he brings it to life again. And especially when he opens the scriptures to them. Especially when he broke bread before them. They remembered these things. He told them, "You won't remember. You won't know what's going on. It'll be like a, it'll be like a, a blank and a confusion when you see me do these things and say these things." But he says, "After I'm risen, these things will, will bring life into you. They will, they will come to life." So that's what Paul does here. He goes back to Moses and the prophets. It says he spoke to these people from morning till evening. Some believed the things which were spoken and some believed not. That's the way it is there. We know that the will of God is that all men would believe. And I can't even comprehend how this earth would be if all men believed. Because it's, it's never been that way throughout history just seems like small pockets of people believe and gather and strive to believe it says when they believed or when they agreed not among themselves they departed after that Paul had spoken one word well he spoke more than one word if he sat there from morning to evening and discussing these things and speaking to them about about the law and the prophets this New Testament wasn't in their presence yet. So that's what he spoke about. Remember, Jesus picks up the word and, and preaches from Isaiah that time. Speaks about himself coming. It says, Well, uh, well spake the Holy Ghost. Oh, where am I here? 
that when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers. This is the word that he spoke. It's interesting that it says he had spoken one word. So he quotes from Isaiah. And the message of salvation is here. We would, we would want to follow Jesus' instruction whenever we gather. And we would, we would that if there was anyone that this word has touched their heart and they realize they don't have the fullness of what God has offered us in their hearts and lives, that they would be able to know the answer, what to do and what to how to how to handle the situation. So he quotes from Isaiah the prophet, and Isaiah speaks here. He's quoting Isaiah: "Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand; and seeing ye shall see and not perceive." The word teaches us that through the hearing of the word and Shane's grandpa Carl used to bring this out often saying that through the hearing of the word we're taught to repent of our sins we come to the hearing of the word and we keep our lives in order that way ongoing basis we come into faith we put away our sins and then we continue that if we offend someone or say something out of, out of turn, we might do it knowingly, which is, well, sin is sin, but I guess I would say that it's worse if we do it knowingly than if we say something unknowingly and it offends someone. But we can make things right either way. Go to them and speak to them. Hearing ye shall hear and not understand. This is the nature of man. We can sit and hear this word and not understand it. But coming to the hearing of the word and being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we begin to understand then. But Isaiah is speaking to the people and saying, Hearing ye shall hear and not understand, seeing ye shall see and not understand. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. This is how we come to the hearing of the word in our natural understanding. This word works a miraculous thing that we praise God for. It starts enlightening us. It starts touching our hearts. It starts that flame burning that fire of faith burning in our hearts. And then it says, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. Come to the hearing of the word. Keep coming. If you don't understand what's being said, just keep coming. Isaiah speaks and says this word will work its work. 
It will always, it, it, it just won't go any other way. It will do its work in our hearts. Physically speaking, I just encourage everyone, including myself, just keep coming to the hearing of the Word. Because here's the result. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. It goes past the physical hearing. It goes past the physical seeing. We start understanding things in our heart. Understanding what this word is talking about. I've heard of people who have come to the hearing of the word and they've said that, well, for the first while it it just didn't make any sense at all to me. And after a while, there's an order in this word. After a while, it starts making sense. After a while, we start hearing what this word says and understanding in our heart what this word says. And the quote from the 12th chapter of Hebrews, first part there, it says, We all know it. It, uh, it, Chapter 11 speaks so powerfully of of those that have the old patriarchs who were given faith and how faith comes and how such wonderful things happened. And then it speaks of the horrible things that happened to others for their faith. And it says of them, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. These, all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So we find the perfection coming when we stand on that great final day before Jesus and receive a new body, you might say. A heavenly body. This is this is perfection. But here and now it says, Wherefore seeing we also are encompassed are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. All the believers, that's the great cloud of witnesses. Tells us what to do. To encourage us in faith. To encourage us along the way. Every day. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's the instruction. For a successful trip through this life, we might say. David speaks about... Walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That's this life. Paul speaks about running a race. They're both both talking about the same thing. And Paul says how it is in this natural world. We run the race and, and one will win the prize. In the natural sense. But he encourages each of us to run that race. And be steady. And we'll all win the prize. I personally don't have a real competitive side to me. I, I don't 
look at my neighbor and says, well, he's got this and I'm going to get more than him or I'm going to be a better farmer than him. I don't have that in a natural sense. But many do. So they join races and they play sports and they're always out there to win, win, win. Paul says, just be steady and be there and believe and you will win. And here out next verse in the 12th chapter, second verse of Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We don't have our eyes set on some gold medal or prize or big silver cup or anything. It says, look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God, our Lord and our Savior. He's the prize to look to. They would understand with their heart and be converted. So we don't come in by osmosis like I said before. We come in with a conversion. We come in when our heart is changed. Beth's dad had, a, had quite a few little sayings and he said something like that if, if you convince a man against his will he's, he's of the same opinion still. We can try to convince somebody of, of this life that it's the better way to go and they might not be convinced or they might think it's a good idea and all this. But when the heart is changed when the will is changed, then great things happen in our lives and take place. Put away sin. Believe your sins forgiven. In the precious name of Jesus, in the work that Jesus has accomplished, in the victory that He is, that's what He is, His victory and winning. lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Paul says. When he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among, among themselves. Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence no man forbidding him I'm sure he wondered on his way to Rome and the shipwrecks and the experiences he's had, he had on, the, on that trip and, and other trips what in the world is happening next uh, I would think that I don't think he would have been any different. But it says he was in this, some have called it house arrest, for two years in Rome. Had contact with oodles of people. Part of his, part of his missionary work. And then we see there, just before his death, he says, I fought a good fight. Finished the course. And henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness.
beautiful story. In Jesus' name, amen.